0: Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix.
1: It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Rebia stretch checks the runners. Now the pitch, and Mookie hits a high drive to left field. This one headed back to the wall. Gone a home run, a three-run shot for Mookie Betts, and a Mookie moment in this matinee game. And the Dodgers have jumped back in front. It is four to two. Here it is from Bauer, and reach four, hit in the air to left center field, well struck again. Peters going back again, at the wall, gonna go! Yes, sir! Fernando with his second of the night off of Bauer. Got him in the first, he gets him in the sixth, and the Padres back in front, three to two. One eye, two eye, doesn't matter. Orban Carroll finds a gap, his first major league knock. Walker is home. Rivera is home. They stop McCarthy. It's a two run double for Corbin Carroll. And there's major league hit number one.
0: An eight second difference in the game in shot clocks here at the end of regulation. They come to double Durant. Wayne Wright with eight to shoot. Back to KD with six. Durant driving on Hardaway. Pull up jumper. Durant
1: Just his third game as a son. If you're Miami, do you foul? Don't All right, shoot a three. That's
0: right, this is smart. Now, are, are you going to foul? Terry puts it up. Won't go. Rebound. Wayne. The Miami Heat. They've done it. They win
1: their first championship in franchise history. Since 2006, MVP Dwayne Wade. Third down. Two. It's Jackson away. He'll sprint. He's being chased by Howard. Looking behind, you can kiss him
0: goodbye. Stafford for Beckham. Open touchdown. And a little gritty from Odell Beckham Jr. We've answered the final four from a couple years ago.
1: Hawkins. And
0: Senegal.
1: It up and in 18 points. dial 602-260-1060 that's 602-260-1060 or tweet the show at kdus am 1060 and now here's your sports zone guide bob kemp on kdus am 1060 and welcome to the wednesday march 29th edition of the sports zone not just the news and scores the news and scores with analysis in today's sportsound, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7, the National League: Who goes to the World Series in 2023? The Diamondbacks over under 75 and a half wins. And how about predicting the NL West one through five? Kevin Durant, what are you expecting tonight in his son's debut, his home debut? Hopefully, his son's home debut. Uh, sports Hall of Fames hall of fames in general are there too many members the ravens should they sign obj to maybe plays lamar jackson the ncaa tournament what's the best final four value bet and what else caught your eye since our last show here's today's schedule lineup on these show which is the most informative sports talk monday through friday in moments we have the introduction of today's pipeline 9:15 or so, a National League preview. Matt Schneider of CBSSports.com is scheduled to join us. 9:30 interactive action at 602-260-1060, and also the local roundup. That'll include a Suns-Wolves preview of what is scheduled to be Kevin Durant's home debut with the Suns. I think I said exactly the same thing three weeks ago today. Meanwhile, the final segment of the Sports Zone will be the National Roundup. That will include uh, from, from the Wire, the latest line for the Saturday Final Four games, and I'm sure more. Then after the sports zone, from 10 to noon, it's the Extra Point, hosted by Kayla. That includes some Ravens, Lamar Jackson, and whatever else Ravens talk, with, uh, with uh, Luke Jones uh, from uh, WNST in Baltimore. All right, on to the pipeline we go.
0: time for today's pipeline where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion
1: and as usual we start the kdus poll question at kdus1060.com and today's question is which of the following will most likely represent the national league in the world series in an alphabetical order we've given you four choices here atlanta los angeles new york or san diego and Kayla is here and has the early returns. San Diego out in front, 60% of the vote. Then you have a tie between Atlanta and New York at 20% apiece. And no votes for no Los Dodger, Angeles. No love? No. Nope. None? Uh, I wasn't doing the addition. I was just trying to eliminate the teams as we went along here. Okay, that Los Angeles hate that we seem to have uh, here in the Valley. Okay, my apologies for not including the Cardinals or Phillies, but the Cardinals have rotation injuries to begin this season. The Phillies without Bryce Harper for at least the first two months coming off of Tommy John surgery. And the Phillies also without Reese Hoskins, who's apparently out for the season with a torn ACL last week during spring training. Today's Twitter poll question How about the 2023 Diamondbacks over or under 75 and a half wins? And Kayla, what do we have here? We have a split vote 50 50 on over under 75 and wins. This is on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. The Diamondbacks surprisingly won 74 games in 2022. That was after winning 52 in 2021. And uh, that 2021-52 win thing was the second lowest total in franchise history. In addition to those two MLB poll questions, if you'd like to predict the NL West, one through five. And if you have any MLB predictions for 2023, Today is your day to get them in. Either league, uh, anything that is strongly encouraged discussion along those lines. Meanwhile, on the local front, more on the local front, Kevin Durant scheduled to make his son's home debut tonight, exactly three weeks after he was expected to do that, before he had his pregame injury. So what are you expecting to see from Kevin Durant and the Suns tonight at home against the recently hot and now healthy Timberwolves? Spanning the globe, I'm not a fan of most Hall of Fame classes in all sports, but Greg Popovich, Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, Paul Gasol, Tony Parker, and Becky Hammond, those are reportedly amongst the people that will be officially announced this weekend to be the uh, 2023 Basketball Hall of Fame class. Not even I can really argue or dispute those names. So I'm just curious, though, do you think there are too many people in Sports Hall of Fames? And definitely there is too many people in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but that's a different topic. Meanwhile, uh, today's seemingly daily uh, OBJ rumor. I didn't know OBJ was living here now. I heard heard that uh, earlier this week, so I guess he's living here now. But he's not coming to the Cardinals. Uh, anyway, the daily rumor yesterday was the, the, I, he's at least uh, talked or will talk or has talked with the Ravens who might be trying to basically help their situation with Lamar Jackson by getting a receiver. So if you're Lamar Jackson, would adding OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, would that in, increase your interest in playing with the Ravens? Earlier this week, he we we learned that back in the first week of March, he requested to be traded. All right, how about some Final Four odds? These are the FanDuel odds to win the national championship. Needless to say, UConn is first in that list at minus one twenty-five. San Diego State plus three ninety, Miami plus four fifty, and Florida Atlantic plus five fifty. So, of those teams, what's the best value? The best value bet. To win the national championship, Yukon at 125, minus 125, San Diego State at plus 390, Miami at plus 450, and Florida Atlantic at uh, plus five fifty. Best value bet amongst those four. All right, in addition, all these excellent questions and topics what else caught your eye since our last show. That is today's pipeline. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category? So whether it is from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at kdusam1060 or twitter.com slash kdusam1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. All right, coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by a National League preview. Match Schneider scheduled to join us from CBSSports.com. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, among other things, uh, it'll be phone call time, 602-260-1060. General discussion at that uh, point of the show. In addition to that, we'll get to some local roundup, including the Suns against the uh, Timberwolves tonight and what is now expected to be the Kevin Durant, home debut part two because part one unfortunately didn't work out so hopefully this one will work out better and uh we'll also get to uh, time pending in that local roundup segment a little bit from the western conference a couple of uh, one interesting game last night and then uh the the uh, the uh the glob of teams. Uh, we'll kind of go through that again if we have time in that segment. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD2 100.7. SB Nation Radio is now Sports Map Radio, keeping sports content fresh and fun. Join
0: us right here on KDUS AM 1060.
1: Alright, welcome back to the sports zone with Bob Kemp on KDU AM ten sixty and K S Lux HD two one hundred point seven. You're home to the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from six to nine AM The National League, plenty of intrigue heading into the 2023 season. And for a preview out to the KDUS hotline we go, we're now joined in the sportsman by Matt Schneider of CBSSports.com. Matt, always good to have you. Uh, We had you on right at the start of spring training. Uh, Let's uh, just throw out the National League here for a second. Are there a couple National League teams where you've changed your opinion? I know there's been some injuries, so that might have altered your opinion on some teams from even a month ago.
0: Yeah, I mean... The big one I think you have to look at is the Mets with Edwin Diaz and then uh, the Phillies because throughout camp, things got more and more optimistic with Bryce Harper, and the Phillies didn't even start with him on the 60-day injured list. He thought, oh, man, they're going to be full strength sooner than he thought, and then Reese Hoskins goes down with a torn ACL, so those are probably the biggest ones. Um, what's interesting there is uh, on the Mets, Diaz seems like a huge, huge blow, and it probably is, but... Relievers are volatile year to year, and Diaz has had some down years in recent years, and uh, there's always help that you can find at the trade deadline. Remember the Padres that a Josh Hader last year. I don't know if the Mets will be able to find a needle mover quite like that, but I think they'll be able to shore that up. So by the end of the year, maybe that won't look like as big of a deal as it does right now.
1: All right. So we have a poll question today. One of our two poll questions is, you know, which of the following will likely uh, most likely represent the National League in the World Series? And I've had to narrow this down to four for you know, purposes of getting on the website. So Atlanta, Los Angeles, New York or San Diego are the four I came up with. I'll you know, explain a couple of other things here shortly. So, once again, Atlanta, L.A., New York, San Diego, which of those four do you think is most likely to represent the National League of the World Series?
0: Yeah, those are the big ones. Um, I guess – I think we could loop the Phillies in. Again, Reese Hoskins, that's a big loss. But once they get right. Bryce Harper back, I feel like they'll be hitting their stride by the end of the season. They could have a similar run to last year where they finished third and went like 87 games. But then they'll be just as tough of an out as anybody – but um, our predictions that went up today, I went with the Padres uh, to win, actually, the World Series. I uh, Look, last year they made the NLCS, and they didn't have Zener Bogart. They didn't have Fernando Tatis Jr. at all. They only had Juan Soto for two months, and he wasn't really the Juan Soto that we've grown accustomed to seeing. And, by the way, he's only 24 years old. So it's not like you could say, oh, man, he might be washed up. No, he might be getting <laughs> even better. Uh, the Rotation with Jarvis Snell. No. Uh, They will have just Joe Musgrove back soon enough. That's a nice big three. Waka or Lugo could be a nice four in the playoffs. Suarez, nice setup man for Josh Hader. Hader, they kind of fixed down the stretch. They didn't have any of that stuff settled in the bullpen to start the year last year. So uh, you look at, like, the start of the year last year compared to what they look like this year and what they're going to look like by the end of the year, man, they are stacked.
1: And also they have Bob Melvin, who uh, we've seen here. And, uh, and obviously he was tremendous in Oakland after he left here. So I uh, think that uh, certainly is an upgrade to previous Bob Melvin managers in San Diego in, in uh, recent years. All right, so let's hit on the NL West a little bit. So doesn't necessarily mean if you know, because you think San Diego is going to win, uh, win the World Series, they might win the division. So do they win the division ahead of the Dodgers I too? Do.
0: Yeah, I do have them winning the, the division as well. The Dodgers um, – it might sound drastic to say they're they're going to win like twenty fewer games than they did last year, but man, they won 111 <laughs> last year. Uh, yeah, that's true. I, maybe you know 91 seems reasonable. I think the Potters will win in the mid 90s. I think the Dodgers might be low 90s. I've got the Dodgers as the top wild card in the NL. Um, they're not quite as good, or and, and the main thing is they're not quite as deep. One of the things that we've talked about, I know, is their organizational depth. For years, it just seemed like. If somebody got hurt, and you could even go back to when Adrian Gonzalez got hurt and they brought up Cody Bellinger, just as an example, or they would find Justin Turner off the scrap heap or Max Muncy off the scrap heap, they're going to need a few of those because right now you have to love Betton Freeman at the top of the lineup. Will Smith, very good catcher. Max Muncy, I think he'll probably have a bounce back here. But then you're looking at probably a little bit washed-up J.D. Martinez, then you're going down to nearly 36-year-old David Peralta. What are they going to get out of Trace Thompson? The back half of their lineup's not that strong. In uh, the rotation, Kershaw's great. Uh, he's 35 and he's had a lot of back problems. Julio Urias, probably a young contender. Dustin May, first full year off Tommy John, surgery, how long is he going to last? And then you're looking at what's left of center guard in the question mark in the rotation. The Bolton a lot of names who could be decent to good, but it's not very deep. It just looks like a really good team and not a blow-you-away team like they've been in recent years.
1: Okay, so who finishes the third uh, third in the National League West? Is it the Diamondbacks?
0: Yes. Yeah, I, I, the, Dodgers, the, the Giants – sorry, I didn't mean to say Dodgers. The Giants do not excite me at all. Um, I like Logan Webb a lot atop the rotation but the rest of the team, man, that's just – it, it seems like mediocrity and um, maybe worse. And the Diamondbacks, I don't know if there's going to be enough, especially in the rotation behind Gallon, to really push for a, a playoff spot. But they're the makings of a, a kind of a turnaround upstart team. And this is not just pandering. I was on a national radio show last night on CBS Sports, the Amy Lawrence Show. And she said, give me an out-of-nowhere possible sneaky contender. And the one team I said was the Diamondbacks. I love Corbin Carroll. I think he's going to be a superstar probably starting as soon as this year. Uh, Marte, he's definitely he's, – he's inconsistent season to season, as you know. That means we'll probably do for a good good one here. Coming. Yeah,
1: that's true. And
0: he, he, yep. Yeah, and you know, some of the younger – Thomas McCarthy. There's a lot of good, young, exciting talent. Team Speed is a selling factor here. It is a selling point here, and especially with the bases being bigger, they're just a little bit bigger, but that can matter. And only two pickups the first base allowed per plate appearance, that can make a difference. It benefits a team like the Diamondbacks who could really take advantage and run a lot.
1: And they ran a lot last year too. So I'm assuming yeah. you know, you would think uh, 75 and a half wins is the consensus total for the Diamondbacks. I'm assuming you think that they would go over that.
0: Yeah, I like the over there. I mean, it's not going to be big, but they're so good at the over-unders these days. No, nothing seems obvious. They're always going to be tough. But, yeah, I, high, not, high, high 70s and wins, maybe around 81 and 81. Yeah, I like that over.
1: Talking with Matt Schneider from CBSSports.com. All right, I'm going to bounce around a few uh, teams here and topics. Let's start with Atlanta. Uh, yeah, Wright and Iglesias are going to start the season on the injured list. Um, how big of a concern is that to you?
0: Uh, the rotation, I, I, I'm not worried about Iglesias in the bullpen. They, they always seem to piece things together there in Atlanta, and, and they've got a nice bridge there to A.J. Minter, who will close with Iglesias out. So I'm not as worried about the bullpen. But uh, the rotation, uh, there are concerns there, not with Freed, but everybody else, like Charlie Morton's pushing 40. Uh, Spencer Strider, first full season in the majors last year. Willie hit a wall this year in terms of workload. he get tired down the stretch. And then, you know, you're worried about Wright coming off the injury. Then you've got youngsters like Jared Schuster. How's he going to be his first time through the the league? Can't really count on Soraka to stay healthy at this point, unfortunately. Ever since that torn Achilles, he hasn't really been able to come back. So a lot of question marks in that rotation behind Freed.
1: All right. Who closes uh, for the the Mets instead of uh, with Diaz out? Who's the primary guy that's going to get saves there, do you think?
0: Probably David Robertson. Um, it, either Robertson or Adebino at first. Maybe, I mean, Brooks Rayleigh really might be in the mix, but he's left handed. And I know a lot of teams don't like to go with a lefty closer. We know Buck Schoalzer has before when he had Britain with the Orioles. So he's not necessarily averse yeah. to that, but I'll, I'll go with Robertson.
1: All right, on to the Phillies. You mentioned Hos- uh, Hoskins' injury, and Ian Harper is going to. Yeah, miss a while, and uh, but they didn't put him on the sixty-day, as you said. Uh, yeah. So, what's the biggest concern other than those two guys being injured, or you know, what? What could maybe not necessarily sink the Phillies, but uh, kind of derail them somewhat?
0: Um, I, I wonder how the bullpen's going to shake out. I mean, they got into a decent place in the playoffs, especially with Sir Anthony Dominguez and Jose Alvarado as kind of their two big guns—one lefty in Alvarado, one righty Dominguez—but. They used Ranger Suarez in relief a decent number of times in the playoffs, and he needs to be their third starter behind Nola and Wheeler. Um, and he's actually hurt with a forearm injury right now. So the depth of the bullpen there, they did trade for Gregory Soto, all-star closer from the Tigers, and they signed Craig Kimbrell, but I feel like Kimbrell's cooked. So And, and then after those guys, you're looking at names like Ider Bellotti, Connor Brogdon, not as deep of a bullpen. Uh, they might be better served, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. They might be better served to be in playoff series where they only need like three or four important relievers over the yeah. long haul of the marathon of the season. I don't know if the bullpen's deep enough.
1: All right, St. Louis, they, they seem to be the best in the central, but how good are they compared to the teams we've already discussed?
0: Uh, I, not as good for me. One of the things that is interesting going into this year is the schedule. That is, teams used to play 76 games against the other four teams in their division. Now it's dropped down to 52. So mm-hmm. you might look at, like, the AL East, where the Red Sox were 26 and 50 against the rest of the East last year, and give the Red Sox <laughs> a little bump now. For example, uh, the Cardinals were 38 and, and 19 against the Cubs, Pirates, and Reds last year. They only get them 13 times each this year, and all three of those teams are pr- improved, even if marginally. Um, some of those games against the Pirates and Reds are going to be re- replaced with games against the Mets, Phillies, Braves, Dodgers, uh, Padres. So it's going to be a little bit tougher on the schedule there. I love their offense, but I don't know about the pitching. Flaherty, you can't really count on to stay healthy at this point. Nicholas is about 35. Adam Wainwright's over 40, and he's already hurt. Steven Match, you can't count on to stay healthy. Rotation's worrisome. So... Uh, you also have to consider they just had one of the greatest game managers in history from behind the plate, retire in Yadier Molina. And they bring mm-hmm. in Wilson Contreras who is there's been whispers for years that he's not good at calling a game and a lot of pitchers don't like working with them. So how's that going to go with the rotation that's already kind of in flux? I, I the Cardinals were my number one under pick on uh, my over unders. They were 89. I took the under on that. And those are all the, the reasons why
1: Talking nationally with uh, Matt Schneider, cbssports.com. Uh, I'm intrigued with the Cubs' defense. I'm not 100% yeah. sure about their pitching, but I'm at least intrigued by the Cubs, which is better than I have uh, for several years.
0: They, yeah, I don't know about offense, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, how did you mention that? Mediocrity, <laughs> yeah, kind of screams mediocrity. The defense, like you said, uh, they went away from Contreras. They're going with Sarnhart and Dome, two good receivers and game managers behind the plate. They've got Danzu Swanson and Nico Horner up double play combination up the middle will be one of the best. Cody Bellinger in center is great, especially in a, a really small center field in Wrigley. Yeah, it's four hundred to dead center, but three sixty eight in the power alley Switch height. Not a not a ton of ground in center to cover. He's gonna love playing there. Um, but yeah, offensively, like you'll need a huge years from Horner and Swanson. You'll need Bellinger to bounce back, uh, almost MVP form. There, you'll need Ian to repeat what he did last year instead of doing what he did almost every other year of his career. And I still, I don't know, it, it screams kind of mediocrity to me. I, I do think they'll be able to hang around in the Central, just because I don't think the Cardinals and Brewers are going to run away from them.
1: And that leads us to the Brewers. Uh, you know, I've yeah. been, I think Craig Council does a tremendous job there, and until last year, I thought he got the most out of what he had every year. And yeah, last year they had all kinds of things go wrong. I watch, this. I shouldn't base this on one spring training performance, but I'm going to do it anyway. I watched Freddie Peralta a little bit yesterday, and he was nasty and kind of like he was a couple years yeah. ago. So yeah, I thought I don't want to change my mind on the Brewers on one spring training performance two days before the season starts. But I'm starting to waver a little bit because I was thinking maybe they're third in this division.
0: Well, they, I mean, they could be first, too. I mean, they, they only they had the Phillies by one game last year. Um, and if you look, they're kind of the opposite of the Cardinals. They're I said I love the offense, and I don't like the pitching at all. the Brewers, if Peralta throws the way he's capable, and you saw his stuff, as you said, then they've got three aces in Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta. And that, that leaves Eric Lauer as a four, and he's an excellent four then. And the bullpen behind Devin Williams, they're going to patch together. Council's as good as, as anybody in baseball at working his bullpen and, and pulling all the right strings. You just wonder about the offense. I think the ship has sailed on Yellich returning to MVP form at this point. Of course, if he does, all of a sudden maybe he's got something going offensively. But, yeah, otherwise they're, they're really heavy on pitching. But, it's man, it's so, so, so good.
1: Okay, last up, is there anybody or anybody, any team or any human being, person, uh, player that uh, that you want to mention here that uh, we haven't talked about to this point?
0: Uh, I, I mean, I mentioned his name, but I was going to say I think Juan Soto is going to have a monster, monster, monster season. Uh, he... he he had a down year last year, which was he finished six in majors and on base percentage. He hit 27 home runs. He was still one of the scariest hitters in baseball. But it was a down year, and when I talked to him in Teoria, uh, he said he just didn't feel comfortable all year in the box, and he didn't know why. I suspect maybe it was because there were a bunch of contract extension talks and he was on a bad team, and then he didn't know where he was going to get traded, and then he got traded, and then it was all new. Uh, now that he's settled – and the Padres have that lineup around him, I think he's going to completely go off and he's going to win his first MVP.
1: Matt, always good talking to you. We'll check back, I'm sure, during the season. Thanks much.
0: All right. Take care.
1: You too. Matt Schneider, CBSSports.com, and check out his predictions uh, posted this morning along with uh, others at CBSSports.com, so check that out as the season begins in about 24 hours, 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, the season begins. All right, next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060. It's general discussion, whether it be baseball or something else. Also, we'll have a little local roundup. At least some form of a preview of tonight's Suns and Timberwolves game. Hopefully, this is Kevin Durant's delayed home debut in a Suns uniform. That's the plan, the last that we heard. Uh, So, hopefully, that will occur tonight. And then, uh, time pending, we'll get to a little Western Conference stuff in addition to the Suns. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7.
0: KDUS 1060 app
1: yet? Download today and get all of your favorite local and national shows right on your phone.
0: It's time for today's local roundup.
1: We're back with the sports zone with Bob Cup on KDUS AM 1060 and the KSLX HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time. It is general discussion to the KDUS hotline 602-260-1060. And if you're just tuning in, here are the poll questions for today. The KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Which of the following will most likely represent the National League of the World Series? They've given you Atlanta, Los Angeles, New York, and San Diego as the choices. My apologies to the Cardinals and Phillies, but the Cardinals have rotation injuries to begin the season. You heard Matt talk about that in the last segment. And the Phillies, without Bryce Harper for apparently at least the first couple of months, coming off the of Tommy John surgery, and Reese Hoskins expected to miss the season. Even though only the Phillies have officially announced this, but you know others have, uh, with the ACL injury that he suffered during spring training last week. The Twitter poll question: the 2023 Diamondbacks over under 75 and a half wins, and also anything uh, to do with Major League Baseball, whether it be predictions from National League or American League. Anything to do with the upcoming season, which begins in uh, about uh, 24 hours from now, 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, first game, first pitch, Uh, anything uh, baseball is certainly encouraged discussion. Also, I'm at it here, rest of the pipeline for today, what are you expecting uh, to see tonight from Kevin Durant and the Suns, and what uh, we hope and uh, believe uh, would be his home debut as a Suns player against the uh, recently hot and healthy Timberwolves, by the way. More on that in a moment. Meanwhile, in other items, uh, do you think there are too many people in Sports Hall of Fames? This was kind of inspired, well, it's been inspired for a long time, but yesterday revealed by ESPN that amongst those in the 2023 Basketball Hall of Fame class will be Greg Popovich, Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, Paul Gasol, Tony Parker, Becky Hammond. Certainly difficult for me to argue even against those people. Usually I'm kind of uh, the Hall of Pretty Good and the Hall of Fame. I think there's a fine line there, but, you know, all these people especially include international ball for Gasol. uh, I don't think there's any doubt that all those people should be in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Meanwhile, Lamar Jackson, are the Ravens trying to satisfy him? There's this Odell Beckham Jr. thing that was out there yesterday that the Ravens were supposedly interested in him. We'll get into more of that in the the next hour with Luke Jones uh, from Baltimore as we talk some Ravens, uh, the uh, NCAA tournament. Now, which of these are the which of these odds would be the best value to win the NCAA tournament? UConn's minus one twenty five. San Diego State plus three ninety Miami plus four fifty and Florida Atlantic plus five fifty. All right, those are the poll, the pipeline and poll questions for today. 602-260-1060 will answer the poll questions in the 11 o'clock hour today during the extra point hosted by Kayla. All right, the Suns expected to have uh, Kevin Durant back on the floor tonight to make his home debut uh, against the Timberwolves. And those two teams, the Suns and the Timberwolves, separated by just two losses right now. Phoenix 40-35 after consecutive wins over the uh, Sixers and Jazz last Saturday night and Monday night. Minnesota 39-37. and 37, They won four straight. Also had recent home wins and back-to-back nights at Golden State and actually at Sacramento on the second night. So the Wolves hot coming in here. This is the fourth meeting this season between the Suns and the Wolves, but they're the first one since January the 14th. Both teams have drastically changed roster-wise since then, so I don't know if that even matters. Damian Lee, in fact, had 31 points in the last time they played, the Wolves, and the Wolves won that game on January 14th, 121-116. to Damian Lee barely gets off the bench these days for the Suns. Meanwhile, needless to say, both these teams have changed, but over the last 10 games, let's go with just the great— Durant's missed 10 games. The Suns are 4-6 in those games. They've still averaged 118.3 points per game and shot 48% from the field. Their opponents, however, have scored 117 points per game over those 10. Devin Booker in those 10 has averaged 31.7 points per game. I'm not that familiar with the stats of everybody in the Western Conference for the last month, but I'm guessing that Booker is, if he's not the front runner to win the player of the month award for march that he's going to win it uh so we'll see how that goes meanwhile minnesota over the last 10 games they're just five and five over the last 10 but they've won four straight now they've averaged 117.6 points in those 10 games and averaged 48 percent from the field but their defense has been atrocious they've allowed 121 points per game in those last 10 games somehow they've managed to win five of those including four straight Meanwhile, the Suns on Monday night won at Utah, one seventeen to one zero three. Devin Booker had eighteen of his twenty four points in the first quarter of that game, but the Suns' bench, which has rarely been a strength for you know, very often this season, quite frankly, uh, on Monday night they outscored the Jazz bench fifty seven to twenty five. Terrence Ross, campaign and Bismack Biombo. they accounted for thirty six of those fifty seven points. Also, certainly helped that DeAndre Ayton returned after missing four games. Those were three Suns' losses, those four games he missed. He had 14 points in 30 minutes and put Biombo back into his more accustomed coming-off-the-bench role. So that's tonight. Meanwhile, last night, in the West, a couple of games that got my attention from the Western Conference, Steph Curry, 39 points. He had eight three-pointers. He also had eight rebounds and eight assists, so pretty close to a triple-double. Jordan Poole had 21 points, uh, and it was just kind of a layup festival towards the end of this game. Uh, the Golden State trailed this game by 20 after a Draymond Green meltdown of uh, I thought major proportions, but I'll get to that in a second. The Warriors rallied to beat the Pelicans, the previous hot Pelicans, 1 uh, 120 to 109. So they were down 20 and they won by 11. That's quite a rally. Klay Thompson, 17, he had five threes. He now has a new single-season career high of a 278 three-pointers, which leads the NBA. As far as uh, New Orleans goes, Brandon Ingram has been playing out of his mind lately. He's been great. 26 points, eight rebounds, and seven assists last night. Draymond got another technical foul. He's going to be suspended for another game. And he should have been thrown out of this game. But the NBA officiating crew just didn't have the guts to do so, and that's not just the guys that are on the floor. You know, they do the thing; they go back to New Jersey or whatever they go you know, to do the. Uh, you know, they have they, they put their headphones on. I think it's in New Jersey, so uh, you know they didn't have enough balls to throw him out, basically, and he should have been ejected. I mean, it was a uh, you know, the the, the uh, couple of uh, plays that he instigated, uh, instigated, and and actually just kind of a uh, escalated did all those things and they didn't throw him out it was ridiculous it was almost afraid they were afraid to throw him out because it's Draymond Green uh so you know he doesn't deserve any he's got 18 technical fouls in the season so they're not afraid to call technical fouls on him but they should have been tossed for the game and uh you know so the Warriors are talking how he you know sparked them and and you know gave them and you know fired them up etc they were losing by 20 when all this nonsense happened in the first half but uh Anyway, he should, have been, he should have been thrown out of the game. And I doubt if they would have won the game, quite frankly, had he been thrown out of the game, which he should have been. Meanwhile, also last night, uh, Charlotte keeps winning games somehow. They've got no players left, uh, except for like P.J. Washington, who had a career-high 43 points. P.J. Washington, a career-high 43 points. And uh, tons of those in the fourth quarter as the Hornets beat the, the Oklahoma City Thunder last night. Who had really have been hot lately? Uh, they've now won three straight games. The Hornets and they've beaten Western Conference opponents. Uh, they beat Dallas twice, and now they've beaten Oklahoma City, one thirty-seven, one thirty-four, on Tuesday night. Uh, so uh, that also, you know, kind of uh, makes a little difference in the playoff race. So on to the uh, kind of the you know the, the the big stack of teams here between thirty-five. We're going to go between thirty-five and forty losses. As we continue our loss column theme uh, for the the rest of the Western Conference uh, regular season, the Suns, they were in fourth place when Durant got hurt. Hopefully he comes back tonight. They're in fourth place today with 35 losses. The Clippers at 36. Golden State after last night's rally and victory, 37 losses. The Timberwolves also 37 losses. The Pelicans, after they lose last night at Golden State, they have 38 losses now on the season. 39 losses, uh, actually 38 losses also for the Lakers. 39 for the Thunder, which uh, even after last night, is they've, uh, the Thunder still won six of their last 10 games. The Mavs fading fast uh, with uh, just three wins in their last 10 games, 39 losses, and Utah is kind of out of sight now. They've lost four straight, and they have 40 losses on the season. All right, next segment. We will have the national roundup that will include a little more on the NBA. Well, have the latest line for tonight. We'll also get to the uh, the uh, final four games for Saturday in college basketball. And if you're really out of your mind, a UAB in North Texas playing for the NIT championship. You know, I'm sure there's money to be made here. Uh, I have no idea what to do about this. The fact that these two teams are in the NIT championship to me just expresses my somewhat sarcastic approach that the NIT over many years has stood for the National Insignificant Tournament. The fact that UAB and North Texas, neither of which had any case to make in the NCAA tournament or in the finals of the NIT is just kind of laughable. But anyway, UAB, uh, the next championship game of the NIT, is a one-and-a-half-point favorite in that game against North Texas. All right, we'll be back with the National Roundup upcoming next.
0: Check out the Doug Gottlieb Show, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KDUS AM 1060. It's time for today's National Roundup.
1: Welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Lux HD2 100.7. And let's start uh, the National Roundup with the latest line for Saturday's College Basketball Final Four. And uh, San Diego State remains a two point favorite. Consensus numbers here worldwide against Florida Atlantic. Total net game opened at 132. Down to 131.5. That's also unchanged in the last 24 hours. Miami against Connecticut. To me, this is the true national championship game. There's been Saturdays in the past in the Final Four where I've said that about certain games, and it hasn't happened. First one that comes to mind is the Louisville-Houston game in 1983, right? That was the year that NC State won the national championship the following Monday, when it appeared that it was clearly the national championship game that Saturday with Houston and Louisville. But uh, Miami and Connecticut seem to be the two best teams remaining at this point. Uh, Connecticut a a five-and-a-half point favorite. That's up from the opening number of five. Total sitting at uh, 149.5 from 146.5 to repeat from yesterday. Kind of hard to bet any of these Miami games under the total because they can score and they don't defend. Meanwhile, tonight in the NBA, some Western Conference uh, teams uh, that are battling with Suns for the Suns for playoff positioning. Dallas, I'm not sure they're battling with anybody anymore, uh, but they're at Philadelphia. Philadelphia, four-point favorite in this game tonight. Uh, the uh, Los Angeles Clippers are at Memphis, so somebody has to lose that game. And uh, it would be helpful for the Suns if uh, Memphis won that game. Memphis, a four-and-a-half-point favorite over the Clippers, which seems kind of a short number, so I'm wondering if everybody's playing for Memphis or not. Total, 133.5 in that game. Utah at San Antonio. Utah is really kind of out of it, but I'll throw this in anyway. Utah's a -a 5.5-point road favorite at San Antonio, which obviously is not good. Uh, Detroit at Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City loses last night, but they're an 11-point favorite tonight against the lowly Pistons the lakers against chicago in chicago and uh the uh lakers are a two-point road favorite in that game tonight in the united center and uh sacramento at toronto tonight uh sacramento plays toronto tonight uh that's uh the uh sacramento a 14 point road favorite this can't be right that's what it says here i'm gonna double check that uh when possible here at the top of the hour hopefully and then uh, the Suns against uh, the, uh, the hosting Minnesota. I mentioned earlier in the last segment that the Suns a favorite in that game. And at last look, which was during the break, the Suns a five-point favorite in that game. Even though there are a couple of sixes around. I even see a six-and-a-half in one spot in Las Vegas. But uh, the Suns a five-point favorite tonight and what's expected to be the return of one Kevin Durant. Total 234-and-a-half in that contest this evening. Also, a rip from the headlines, a few things here. Uh, get ready for the number zero in NFL uniforms. The league voted on uh, Tuesday to uh, basically allow players other than offensive linemen and defensive linemen to wear the number zero. Uh, the proposal was actually submitted by the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not sure what their inspiration for that was, but uh, we'll see. Uh, this is got to be an Odell Beckham thing, right? If he When he plays, I assume he's going to play for somebody next year. Wouldn't that be, you know, the right number for him Odell and zero and you can throw it together the Falcons like their current quarterback situation at least for right now Arthur Smith really went out of his way yesterday to talk about how Desmond Ritter is their number one guy la di da and uh, you know is at the owners meetings here in Arizona yesterday uh, certainly they have committed publicly to him for no doubt no doubt they've done that uh, from the NBA, in case you missed it, from the top of the show, Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, Greg Popovich, among the finalists uh, uh, to be elected. Uh, they are among the finalists, and they've been elected in, they're going to be officially elected into the Basketball Hall of Fame when it's announced this weekend, along with Paul Gasol, Tony Parker, and also Becky Hammond, and uh, somebody that usually kind of rips hall of fame voting and so forth not even i can really dispute any of those names to be in the basketball hall of fame especially if you include the international level and that's what they do for the basketball hall of fame it's not the nba hall of fame it's not the college hall of fame it's not the women's hall of fame it's the basketball hall of fame and uh, all those people i just mentioned there certainly i think fall into hall of fame category and one other quick thing not surprisingly uh, the Nets shutting down Ben Simmons for the rest of the season. Uh, he played a total of 33 games this season with knee and back injuries. The Nets did say, at least Jacques Vaughn said, that they don't expect that Simmons needs surgery this summer. I swear I heard the same thing last year when he was you know, not going to play and you know, we, you know, he was out and you know, there were problems and whatever, but we're at the same situation now as we've been the last couple years with one Ben Simmons. All right, that's it for the Sports Zone for today. Stay tuned. The Extra Points up next, hosted by Kayla. That includes some Ravens talk with Luke Jones and also more phone call time 602 260 1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Have a great rest of the day, everybody.